Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. All right, how many of you have your little tags? You got your little numbers? Uh, what? Okay, we've got a few. All right, those that had seven or under are already gone, so we're going to take a moment. And uh, no, we talked about how fast time moves, and uh, we, we decided to do an illustrated message this morning about how fast time moves. So last week was April, today is December. Uh, can you tell? That's how fast time. Okay, so. Uh, so. Um, Time is so important to us that we ascribe to it power. So, for instance, we say things like this. We say, time will tell. We say like this. We say something like this. Time heals all wounds. Okay. I, let me just stop and say here, I'm not sure that time actually has those capabilities, but we we, we value time so much that we begin to ascribe to it all these kind of powers and these abilities because time is the most valuable asset that we have, right? Everybody has the, 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 the uh, different levels of income. Everybody has uh, different dreams. But the truth is, is that all of us have the same number of hours a day, 24 hours a day, we're all allotted that amount of time. Time is valuable. It is the most incredible asset that we have. And so we begin to ask you this question last week. What would you do if you knew you only had one month to live? 30 days. What, what perspective would change? What, what uh, attitude would be different? How would you talk to those that you love? How would you talk to those you don't love differently if you only had 30 days? Or if maybe you had less than that because my number was 23. So hopefully, how many of you looked at your number this week? Some point, okay, about eight or nine of you. Uh, okay, I want you to put this where you can see it because I'm hoping it's going to prod you and cause you to consider the number of your days because I read this to you last week. It's kind of the springboard of the whole series. David said to God, he said, teach me how to number my days because if I learn to number my days, I will have a heart full of wisdom. So you've got to know the, the, this, uh, this un, and have this understanding that your days can end, right? And so you've got to have this wisdom. So Jesus talked about time quite a bit. In fact, as I begin to look back over the, the life and ministry of Jesus, what I understand is that uh, we talk about some of the things that Jesus taught, and we fail to realize that what Jesus was really teaching on was time. For instance, the ten wise and the ten foolish virgin, virgins, you know what that was? That's a, that's, a, that's a lesson about time, using time properly. We, we talk about the lesson that he taught about talents, and we want to talk about he, he's teaching us how to use uh, what, all the talents he's given us. But, but really, that's a lesson about time. He tells a, uh, the same story almost identically, but just a little bit different about the mina, which was using the funds or the resources of the kingdom. But it's still a lesson about time. Jesus understood time. In fact, by the age of 12, 
he came into the temple and he said, I, when his parents come looking for him, he said, I am about my father's business. So, so he teaches us, even at 12, that you don't have to wait until you're 92 to figure out time. You can figure out the importance and the priority of time, even at a young age. But there is an account that Jesus, is, Jesus gives that may be one of the, the premier lessons on time that I think he gives. I want you to join me this morning in Luke chapter 16. Because in Luke chapter 16, he teaches a lesson about time. Uh, When we read this this account, we don't always think about time, but he's really talking about time. Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 19. There once was a rich man, expensively dressed in the latest fashions, wasting his days in conspicuous consumption. A poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, had been dumped on his doorsteps. All he lived for was to get a meal from scraps off the rich man's table. His best friends were the dogs who came and licked his sores. Then he died. This poor man uh, and was then taken up by the angels to the lap of Abraham. And the rich man also died and was buried in hell and in torment. And he looked up and saw Abraham in the distance and Lazarus in his lap. And he called out, Father Abraham, mercy, have mercy. Mercy, send Lazarus to dip his finger in water to cool my tongue. I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham said, child, remember that in your lifetime you got the good things and Lazarus the bad things. It's not like that here. He, here he's consoled and you're tormented. Besides, in all these matters there is a huge chasm set between us that, so that no one can go from us to you even if he wanted to, nor can anyone cross over from you to us. And the rich man said, Then let me ask you, Father, send him to the house of my father where I have five brothers so he can tell them the score and warn them so they won't end up here in this place of torment. It's a lesson about time. Three, three things that I want to talk to you about this morning, just briefly, that, that we need to learn. If we're, going to, if we're going to address the time and the number of our days, and we're going to under, some, come to some understanding that uh, we've got to make the most of time, uh, then we cannot waste our time. For your enjoyment, I almost played Wasted Days and Wasted Nights, and then I listened to the lyrics and decided I better not. But, uh, but uh, every time I say Wasted Days, I want to go into that deep baritone, Wasted Days. And wait, Oh, never mind. Y'all, y'all didn't play for that. So, so. All right, so, so three lessons because we don't want to waste our time. First thing that we need to understand is that, and this may seem odd in this discussion because when you're discussing time, why would you stop for just a moment and consider material goods? Why, when you're talking about uh, the the necessity of prioritizing our time would we stop and talk about material goods but I think that we need to understand that most of us are giving our life away moment by moment minute by minute day by day week by week month by month decade after decade trying to obtain material things And so we've got to stop when we start talking about not wasting our time because we need to understand this lesson right here, and that is this. Rich is relative. Rich is relative. Uh, This this account illustrates this message for us because uh, although this man was, the the rich man in in this account, this story, the, the rich man was rich, money rich. He had material wealth. He was money rich. He was time poor. 
I bring that to your attention because if you give away all your time and all you have to show for it are, are toys and uh, houses and cars and clothes and stuff, you can be rich, but you can at the same time be very, very poor. I need you to understand because some of us don't seem to c- comprehend this. We think that the way that we obtain stuff is with the currency that has the president's picture on it. Or worse, uh, that comes out of our billfold in the form of a plastic card. We think that's, that's how we obtain stuff. But that's not true. We, the currency to get stuff is time. You gain stuff by spending the currency of your days. That's how we obtain stuff. So I don't think Jesus was against stuff. I think what Jesus is trying to tell us is that that there's a different way to evaluate and estimate success and what's important. Uh, The rich man was very rich, but he was also incredibly poor because he had all this stuff, but he had no seconds. Right? He runs out of time. His, the, 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 the powerful thing about the account in Luke chapter 16 is that uh, it's, an, it's a perspective that we don't normally get because the perspective comes looking backwards. This man dies and he gets to look back over his life. And normally we don't get the rest of the story. We don't know what happens in that moment. But in this account, we get a glimpse of his perspective backwards. And what we see in his perspective is that he recognizes that he used all of his time, all of his energy, all of his moments, every second of his life pursuing material things. And then he comes to this evaluation. I wasted my days. I wasted my days. It's a unique perspective. Uh, He's saying, listen, I accumulated all this property, but in the the exchange, I lost all my priorities. And so I've wasted my time. So now we see that he, he comes to his senses, and he wants to warn those that he loved not to make the same mistake he did. Which begs the question, What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul? That's about our spiritual condition, but that's also about how we use our time. Because if you waste all of your time trying to get all this stuff to keep up with the Joneses and to impress the Smiths who you don't know and who you don't even like, you can be very rich, but you can be very poor. Because of the pursuit. See, the rich man uh, would scream to us, don't waste your time. Get the stuff, but don't focus on the stuff. Don't waste your life trying to get all this stuff that doesn't really matter in the end. Prioritize correctly. That's what he's trying to tell us this morning. But I want you to notice something. If you don't understand time, you will make the mistake that this man made, which is this. He lived selfishly. I want you to notice that in life he lived selfishly. He paid no attention to Lazarus. And so here he is eating uh, opulent meals and the best of the best. And there's a poor man on his step and he has nothing to do with him. He lived selfishly. But he, he was so messed up in his thinking that he even lived selfishly in death. Think about what happens. When, you, when we encounter this rich man in death, what does he say first? Deal with my need. 
I'm in torment here. Send Lazarus. Bring me a drop of water. And then when he's refused that request, then he thinks about, oh, and I've got five brothers. And I don't want them to have happen to them what's happened to me. If you don't understand time, we have a tendency, all of us, me included, we live incredibly selfishly. We make life about us. So we have to understand time. Because if not, then you are going to waste your life. The problem with this truth is this, is that most of us, listen, I'm going to backtrack. Not most of us, me. All right? Let me talk about me because I'm not talking about you. Although I'm talking about you. All right? I'm talking about us. Most of us, if we're not careful, this account bothers us, but we ignore it. Because we're so far down the track in the pursuit of stuff that now we are encumbered and weighed down by by mortgages and payments and credit card bills and the rat race has taken effect and we're so far down this track that we see no way out and we see no way to get off this train. And so when we read an account like this, we blow it off because if we begin to consider it, what it does is it depresses us and we go well I, I, I'm just not going to be able to make any changes that's what typically happens but there's another thing that can happen when you read this kind of account if we'll pay attention and that is is that we can learn the next lesson in this account which is this is that you still have life time well, I'm too far down the track but you still have Life, time. Abraham is a, a, a response to this rich man's request. And, and this rich man says, uh, do this and do that. And Abraham's response is this. I read it to you. He says, remember that in your lifetime. Remember that in your lifetime. you got the good things and Lazarus the bad things. Remember in your lifetime. In other words, Abraham is literally saying, you had a life full of time. You could have made the adjustments in the scope of your lifetime, but you used up your entire lifetime. So now there's no time. Uh, it's not just a play on words. Uh, it's a, he's saying there's a period of time to make the necessary changes, and you failed to capitalize on the time in your life. And so now, because you wasted your lifetime, you don't get the request that you were requesting because you're out of time. I think it's interesting that Abraham doesn't put any limits on this. Uh, uh, he doesn't, in other words, he doesn't break this man's down into segments because this is how we operate. Abraham didn't say, well, you had until you were 40 years old, and then when you turn 40, you cross over this imaginary invisible line, and once you cross 40, you can't make the necessary changes anymore because you've gone too far. Abraham didn't say, hey, you could have probably made some changes until you were about 60, but once you hit 60, it's too late because you can't teach old dog new tricks, and so now, okay, you're out of time. He views this man's life in its entirety, and he says, you had a lifetime. I bring that to your attention this morning because I think we set these invisible lines, and we think that if we pass these lines, we cannot make any course corrections. We're too far down the track. But the truth of this story is simply wrapped up in this, and that is this. It's never too late until it's too late. You have a life. 
time. Regardless of how far down the track you may be, you may be 20 wishing you could make course corrections. You may be 40 hoping that one day, someday, but you give up because you think you're too far. Now there's too much going on. There's too much happening. There's too much history. You may be 60. You may be ending the near. You may be your numbers coming due. But if you still have lifetime, you can make an adjustment. One man said it like this. He said, it's not that we have a short space of time, but that we waste much of it. Life is long enough and it has been given in sufficient, generous measure to all the accomplishment of the very greatest things if the whole of it is well invested. It's not that we don't have enough time. We have a life time. In fact, one man said it like this correctly. He said, the opportunity of a lifetime is only good during the lifetime of the opportunity. So we have to grasp in the scope of our lifetime, regardless of how old you may be, because this is not an age issue. This is a time issue. That is not, the question is, how, is not how old are you. The question is, is how are you going to use the time you have left? That is the real question. So, so Jesus is trying to walk us through by telling this story that there's some steps we need to take. And the first thing he's trying to do is get us to reflect because he recognizes if we don't reflect, then we will regret. He wants us to view our life and make sure that our life is not full of wasted days, wasted nights, so that when we get to the end of it and we look backwards, there is regret there. He knew that if we don't stop and determine what matters, we will not only waste our lives, but like the rich man, we will ultimately look back and we'll have no time. And all that will be left is unbelievable regret. So then Paul weighs in. He recognizes the accounts and the teachings of Jesus on time. And he weighs in and he begins to talk to the Ephesians in chapter 5. And he makes a statement to them that is very similar to what Jesus is teaching. In Ephesians chapter 5, he encourages us to redeem the time. Right? Okay, then he walks us through the same process. He doesn't tell this story, but it's the same process. He says, look around you. Reflect. His, his uh, evaluation of the time is that the days are evil. And he says, so since you're reflecting about what's going on around you and in your life, recognize the days are evil. And then he says, redeem the time. Whew. It goes right over us. Because we understand the concept of redemption when it comes to souls. If I said to you that God can redeem our soul, everybody goes, woohoo! So excited about that. I understand that. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was headed to hell, but now I'm headed to heaven. He redeemed my soul. We understand about redeeming our lives. Right? My life was headed down a horrible path. I encountered Jesus. Now my life turned around, and He's redeemed my life, and I have a hope, and I have a destiny. I've got a plan. We we understand redeeming relationships. My relationship was broken, and now God steps in and He redeems that. But we have no concept of God redeeming time. So what does 
that mean? What does it mean that, that time can be redeemed? What, what, what implications does that have for me? If, I, if I'm, I'm 45 years into this thing, I'm, I'm 65 years into this thing, and now I, I, I'm reflecting and trying to prioritize life. And, 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 but what does it mean? God, how do you redeem time? Does it mean I get to do it all over again? Does it mean I'm like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day and I'm going to get to relive the same day over and over and over and over and over again? That must be what it means to redeem time. It means I get to just wipe the slate clean and, and just start back from the very beginning and make it. No. It means that we wake up and we make the most of the time that we have left. Suddenly we come to this understanding, there's this redemption of time in our minds so that all the other days that just pass by without us stopping and thinking about them, all the days we were racing and rushing and dashing towards the end, all of a sudden we come to a screeching halt and we reflect that the days are passing. And so now, Father, I need you to redeem time. And suddenly it doesn't matter if it's at 12, doesn't matter if it's at 22, doesn't matter if it's 82. We wake up and we we go, God, I need you to redeem the time and we come to our senses and we make the most of the time that we have left it's all about gaining perspective and quit quit we quit spending time on trivial pursuits we suddenly begin to think about why do i just have to have a question why does it take reaching half time to understand That the game will end. Why do we have to wait until we're 65 and then wake up and go, well now I've got like 10 or 15 years left and I'm going to give it my everything. Why don't we learn this lesson like at 22 or 20 or 15 or 14 and go, time passes quickly. And I'm going to make the most of it. Paul wants us to know this, that, that time cannot be saved. But it can be redeemed. So regardless of what your chronological time is, I, some of the, we've got a wide variety and diversity in age groups in this room, but it doesn't really matter if you're closer to the start or closer to the finish. does not really matter. What matters is that you redeem the time that you have left. You make the most of it. Paul, Paul wants us to understand that, that we can live our life on point and we can live our life on purpose, but to do that you have to reflect so that it can be redeemed. Jesus figured it out when he was 12, and I'm, I'm so glad for him. But age isn't the issue. Because if that's the, if that's the mark, then most of us are past it. Right, if you're under 12, not talking to you, you can get it by 12. But most of us have passed 12. Right? Because some of y'all like are already on Geritol and AARP is like knocking your door down. All right? Y'all even open those letters? I just throw them away now. I don't even pay any attention. I just try straight in the trash, right? I'm not there yet. You, I, you got me mixed up with somebody else. All right? So age doesn't matter. It's about time. In fact, Jesus did this too. Jesus talks about workers that show up late. 
They get in the game late. He was talking about harvesters, but listen, he's talking about time. They show up late. They didn't figure it out when they were 12. Don't you just, doesn't it just bother you when somebody's like 12 and they know everything about life? And like they've already got their life planned out and marked out. You just want to just like pow, just like, kind of aggravate. But Jesus even talks to those of us that it took longer. He says these, these guys, they show up late. They don't start working on what matters until late. They've got bills and life concerns and six and a half kids and 14 dogs and no cats because it's a biblical story. And um, <laughs> Their life is consumed. Their life is consumed with all this stuff. They show up late. But then Jesus says they get the same reward. What's he saying to us? He's saying it doesn't matter how old you are or when you come to your senses. What matters is you come to your senses and you begin to labor for what matters. You redeem the time. So in a nutshell, if we're going to learn the lesson this rich man wanted us to learn, it is this, is that we must learn what matters. Or we'll waste our days. The fact is, listen to this, the fact is a wasted life is nothing more than an accumulation of wasted days. We waste one day and then another day and another day and another day and another day and then when we wake up, it's too late. How much time do you have left? I've got, well, I got 23 last week, so minus 7. Esther's only got three days left. Danny's planning parties. That's what he told me. I don't know if that's true, but no, I'm playing. But, but will your life be filled with regret? Or will you redeem the time? Charles Francis Adams. The last name ought to ring a bell. Charles Francis. Anytime they use the middle name, you know they had to be important in history because you don't use them. Okay. Charles Francis Adams was the son of President John Quincy Adams. He was the grandson of President John Adams. Charles kept a diary. And if you go look through his diary, one day in his diary, he makes an entry and he writes this. He says, I went fishing with my son today. A day wasted. But then his son, Brooke Adams, also kept a diary. That diary still exists to this day. You can go read that diary, and this is what he wrote. Went fishing with my father. It was the most wonderful day of my life. The only thing that was different was the perspective about what mattered. And some of you are fishing every day, and you think you're wasting your time. While others are going fishing with you. 
And they think it's the most important, wonderful day of their entire life. It comes down to whether or not you will allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life to cause you to redeem the time. Make the most of your time because it's either wasted days and wasted nights or you redeem the time and you pursue what matters. So my question is, if this is your number, what are you giving your life to? What are you spending your life on? You're growing a business. But does it really matter? You're getting stuff. But does it really matter? Relationships are falling to the wayside so that you can get ahead. But does it really matter? Or... Will you end up rich, but poor? The answer to that question solely rests on the answer of what you will do with the lifetime you have left. Father, this morning I pray that you would confront us with our need to redeem the time. Father, under the sound of my voice, there are different groups of people. There are some under the sound of my voice that are still very close to the beginning of time for them. Just young whippersnappers. They're just coming up right now. They're so close to, to when they started. There are others of us that are much further down the path. There are many of us that are approaching that midpoint. And then there are others that are closer to the end than they were to the beginning. Help us to number our days so that we will have a heart full of wisdom. God, I'm asking you this morning that you would confront each of us with a necessary lesson. We don't want to waste our days. God, I'm praying over each person in this congregation, regardless of how far down the track they are, regardless of how consumed they are by bills and concerns and the cares of life, regardless of all that, I pray in this very moment, right now, you would wake us up and we would begin to reflect about what really matters. What really matters in life? If my, if my lifetime ended right now, if this was the moment that you have appointed for me to end my days, this was the day I'm, I'm exiting this, this path called life, if this was it, Father, help me to understand what matters most. And as we take a moment just to reflect on that, I'm praying, Holy Spirit, that you would do what I cannot do. I can't point those things out. Because it's different for each one of us. There are some basic principles in place, but there are some very specific things that matter. There's a song inside of somebody that's not inside of somebody else, but that song matters. There's a, there's a, a book in somebody that's not in somebody else, and that book really matters. There's a dream inside of somebody that's not inside of somebody else and that dream really matters. Father, help us to reflect on what matters. What really matters? 
And Father, as we reflect on those things, now I pray that you would wake us up so that we can redeem the time. We'll do like what the message interpretation said. We'll make the most of the opportunity. We'll write. We'll sing. We'll compose. We'll, we'll take the chance. We'll mend the relationship. We'll make the investment. We'll do everything. We'll make all the changes necessary to redeem the time, to redeem the time, to redeem the time, to become focused on what's priority, to, to, to give our life the rest of my lifetime. God, I sense that there's somebody here this morning that thinks that it's too late. Too many calendar pages have turned. Their age disqualifies them. But this morning, I pray that you speak deep within their spirit, regardless if they're 12 or whether they're 92. doesn't really matter. Age does not matter. That is not what matters. What matters is the amount of time and how we use it. So, Father, I pray that you speak to those that have lost hope. You would remind us this morning that life is sufficient in length. So we must invest it. I pray that you would do that. Remove any hopelessness in regards to making a difference. I pray that we would step up and we would live on point and we would take care of priorities so that when the last day comes, our reflection will be that we made the most of every moment that we had. Help us not to waste our lives, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Would you do this? Look at your neighbor and go, no more wasted days and no more wasted nights. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.